College Center for Community and Social Justice. Welcome to Diversifying Diversity with your host, Dr. Kylie King. Hello, we are joined by Professor John Straup. He is an associate professor at Champlain College in the Department of Education and Human Studies. Thanks so much for being with us, John. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. So I am hoping that you can kick things off with a quick introduction to yourself, your work at Champlain, and other work that you are doing in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sure. I'm glad to do that. Uh, This is a really great project. Um, Thanks for pulling it together for all of us. Uh, So I've I've been teaching at Champlain for 12 years now. I'm in the education and human studies. I teach um, mostly in uh, teacher education. And so, you know, diversity and equity and inclusion, I mean, these aren't just like kind of like new topics that we've been thinking about. I mean, this is at the at the core of our work. We, we've been, you know, we've been thinking about how, um, how to make our practices as educators um, as, uh, as relevant to all of the students who are, who are there and are our, in our in our classrooms and um, you know to see the kinds of outcomes across um, across the entire population which we're really we're not we're not doing we haven't done it we're tr- we're trying to do it we try sometimes better um, in some ways and um, in some ways we have a lot to work on so how about that for a start? That's a great start. Yeah, so much of our work in all areas is aspirational. So we have these yeah. ideals that we're constantly yeah. striving to achieve. And I don't know that we'll ever get there, but part of the the benefit is in the process of doing it. So what brought you into this field, this work? Yeah, well, I've always liked the idea of teaching. Um, and I like connecting with the students that I have. You know, when I think about uh, my early times at teaching, uh, one of the things that we always want to do is to help you know students develop um, and so you think about readiness and who's ready to move on and what kinds of writing skills and what kinds of reading skills and to uh, and to approach those in a, in a way to help young people be ready for the future but there's another big piece there that, I, that I've always been interested in and that is that you know education serves a social purpose um, we're, we're here to help um, help have a democratic society um, to help a, a society that's pluralistic in which um, all, all of the members can participate in uh, fully in that. So that's been a part of my uh, research in uh, civic civic development of young people, um, uh, you know, youth purpose, things like that. Those are the things that I really care about Wonderful. for a long time. That, that's great. So I am wondering how you personally define diversity and what aspects or facets of diversity are important to your work as an educator and researcher. Okay, sure. Um, diversity, I, I think, and maybe in my work, um, as opposed to, you know, a kind of a bland, what is diversity? Diversity is difference. Um, yeah. So, you know, but I, one of the, one of the, uh, ways of thinking about diversity in my field that is particularly important is this notion of culturally relevant pedagogy. And, um, and, 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 at, and at its core, it's just a, it's a, it's just a way of, uh, ensuring that the work of education, curriculum, assessment is uh, connected to the lived experience of all of uh, the students that we that we see. So um, I'll give you an example. Okay, over time, you know, I was an English teacher, and English classes. You know, I love a separate piece. I love it. It's a great book, right? It's an awesome story of coming of age. Um, but you know what the story is about is like it's it's like two boys in a boys' school, and that story gets taught a lot. I'll tell you another story I love. 
Lord of the Flies. That's an awesome story. You know what that story is about? It's about a whole bunch of boys. Um, and so, you know, it, just over time, like, how can we think about, and this is a specific example, how can we think about expanding the, um, the stories that we teach? I mean, a raisin in the sun should be a story that we teach, you know? I mean, maybe that choice of uh, a separate piece or a raisin in the sun. I mean, not that you have to, you can't do both, but that's the kind of thing that we're thinking about um, in culturally relevant pedagogy, or at least one example. That's great. And with the idea of culturally relevant pedagogy, I'm wondering how you approach that with the different types of uh, education that you are part of. So you are educating educators and you are also involved with some work with local school boards, right? So uh-huh, how, yeah. how are we considering culturally relevant pedagogy at different levels, whether it's higher education, K through 12 education? Are there consistencies? Are there things that we should be doing differently? Mm. Uh, well, we, we might make it more a part of our vocabulary uh, at, at all levels. Um, and we might also uh, place some, some moments where we uh, where we where we really look at our practices and we report out in a public way. Uh, so some of my work, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a school board chair right now in a, in a district. And if you've been paying attention to the news around Vermont, you'll see that a lot of school districts are thinking about um, equity policies. Okay, and culturally relevant pedagogy is a part of that. But the equity policies, um, at least one that I've been really thinking about in my own school district. One of the things that's really helpful about it, and it's a practice that that we should do is that it and that and that's the, to stop and take an assessment of where we are, uh, whether it's a, an equity audit or whether it's to ensure that certain practices are uh, are put in place so that we we see we can see what we are doing and we can have a conversation about um, what's working and what's not working. A lot of this is hidden curriculum, which is great um, in the hidden messages that are a part of school. And you, we all know what, you know, there's a lot of hidden messages in school. For example, um, you want to do well in school, right? That's a good path to get, you know, we don't, you know, that's, that's deeply hidden. It's, in, it's embedded. So um, that's one, uh, that's one of the key features, I think, that we can, that we can improve upon. Open it up, highlight it, see what we're doing, respond and talk with one another. And that can be scary sometimes because when you're opening it up and when you're investigating and you're doing audits, you might reveal some information that um, might not want to have revealed. Yeah, no, you. I mean, we we would do it because of goodwill or the desire, but policy is how we govern and we, we live through our policies. We should live through our policies. And you, you know, that's why, that's why there has been a push and it's, it's, it's good. It's a good conversation, although it, it doesn't seem, um, it seems ugly, uh, right now. And frankly, it's, it's distorted. Um, there's a, there's a, there's like a framing of the culture, you know, of what uh, critical race theory, um, which is, you know, a, a valuable and important and, and useful um, lens and tool um, and body of, of research. But it's the it's the like it's it's the one it's the entire one side um, that that I, that we see. I, I've been thinking a little bit about this about resistance to equity policies. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm skipping ahead of some of your questions. No, go so, for it. So. They kind of. I mean, I'm not saying that I, they, these are. This is a complete enumeration of the resistance to equity and diversity and inclusion policies and 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 practices. But they kind of they fall down in these. At least I'm seeing them a lot. You all tell me whether you think you agree or not. So one is that um, like this is not the this is the first one I hear it a lot. This is not the job of school. School's job is to teach math, 
and science, and you are teaching something that doesn't belong here. Okay, so it's not a part of what is then the purpose of school. That's one. Um, another is, and we, we hear this a lot, right? It's like, why are you making something divisive when there's not division, right? And that's the kind of the, like the, 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 the um, we, we would respond to that from, well, that's a position of privilege. You know, you don't see division when there actually probably is division. Um, another is that, um, and this one's, this one's tricky, um, is that um, you are, you know, by talking about, uh, by saying Black Lives Matter, or saying there's systemic oppression, or um, and you you're you're taking people with agency, uh, people of color, minorities, people with disabilities, and you are you are turning them into to victims. We hear this like this is a this is a this is a um, a response to equity uh, policies, right? You know, don't turn me into a victim. I don't need I don't need you to do this for me. Um, uh, that's 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 a that's a tricky argument to um, to respond to. Um, there's uh, there's this other one that's happening a lot, and that is there's too much negativity about our community. Why do you want to talk about the bad stuff? Talk about you know we're we're, we're like a patriotic great country. You know you don't, we, don't talk about that bad stuff or don't talk about it too much. And then um, the last one, which I think is the hardest one for us to respond to, and that is that um, there's this there's this way of getting at the the victim the victim. Um, you don't call me a victim when, and then our, my my response might be, well, look, it's not it's not necessarily about agency or victimhood. There's, there's systemic problems, right? And those systemic problems result in um, outcomes that are inequitable. Um, and so what that person would respond to me and say, well, look, wait a minute, you're telling me racism exists when there's not necessarily an overt racist person or there's not overt racism, but yet there's still racism. That's, that's a harder one. So, you know, I've been thinking about all of these, and I don't know if these are the, this, this is all of the arguments, but these are some ways in which uh, people have been responding to us. And we have to get better at, um, at, uh, at how we enact the kinds of things that we know are going to be good for everyone um, and, uh, and get at those. So I, I just went on for a little while. No, that's, know. that's really interesting. Interesting. And I think you mentioned some of these do appear to be good arguments that might be hard to respond to. And the tension between systems and people, but people build systems That's and right. people are embedded in systems. These are complex issues where uh, everything is so interrelated that I can see how that is hard to respond to that. But the the point of um, turning people into victims and sort yeah. of taking away their agency, I'm just curious, how would you respond to that? Yeah. Um, well, the, the, there's one, one part of it is to, is to suggest that it's not necessarily a matter of you know agency. It's 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 not that you we we take away your agency, um, but the structure structure matters too. Um, you know this debate's been happening for a really long time. So I, so I would suggest uh, that we are all we all get constrained by certain structures, and um, one's capacity to overcome is not uh, dependent upon you know whether who who are we asking to always overcome. Um, and so I think we, I think we can do better at that. Uh, I don't think we're turning, I don't think by saying, um, there are difficulties that certain people face because of the systems that we have in place that you are more of a victim than I am takes away your human capacity to live and choose and grow and make, um, and create. 
Right. I've heard it framed in the way of uh, a bias might be viewed as an obstacle that some have to overcome that others don't. So it's not necessarily that someone has an advantage, Mm -hmm. but that someone else has an obstacle, right? Which might be more um, palatable to people who who are not wanting to feel advantaged in in these systems. So that was wonderful. do you have any training or resource recommendations for anyone who might be interested in learning more about this topic more broadly or your work in this space? Um, yeah. How about this? Um, I'll talk a little bit about uh, about my own work at Champlain and in teacher education, but but I'll share some things that might be a little bit different that you might not hear from some others here. And that is, um, I really think that uh, the uh, that more people should start taking a little bit closer look at the school districts around the state and start to see what their equity policies are. What their what do they say about uh, racism? What do they say about um, being anti-racist? Uh, and 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 look a little more closely at those. And 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 then you know some great resources. Truly, the Vermont School Boards Association. Look, I'm just kind of deeply in this right now. Go just, for it. Just because I'm the I'm the chair and I'm, I'm, this is my work. And on Monday we we will we will have a vote to enact an equity policy that we've been thinking about for a year and uh, with really great great conversations. And we've tried to widen it as best as we could. And um, places where I have learned a lot has been from the Vermont School Boards Association. They stepped up as a group, or we, the, the, the entire association, stepped up as a group and said, okay, let's let's help the school districts by building a model policy that has some definitions to it, some implementation practices, and, um, and then we're going to build a series of trainings. I've tried to go to all of those, and that's been different than my teacher education work. My teacher education work where I've been thinking about culturally relevant pedagogy Right. This is more about the systems in place around that. And so, you know, I, I would say go and take a look at that. Like, And then, you know, one report that just came out today that I was literally just reading at the green chair at the end of this hallway was uh, was a brand new um, uh, Department of Education Office of Civil Rights report that came out today about um, the observations of disparities that have emerged because of the pandemic. That, you know, I mean, the pandemic has made um, these issues of equity and diversity worse. There is no doubt about right. that. Um, and so we, we, we don't fully know how how bad it is. Um, and so we're, you know, we've got a lot of work to do to think about that. So that like, that's a brand new report just came out. It's got a lot of useful, uh, data to be able to help us answer that question of like, what has happened since the pandemic uh, as it relates to diversity and equity and inclusion and the kinds of disparities and outcomes and health and education. Yeah. And I think that gets to one of your first points of this is not perfect work and it's always evolving. And as new information emerges and as new situations, such as a pandemic emerge, we're going to be thinking about this differently and thinking about the impact differently. Uh, We will put any references that you might have, including that uh, school board report into our show notes so we can share that with our listeners. Thank you. And related to another of your points of trying to, in putting that resource together, involving as many voices as you mm-hmm. could in that conversation mm-hmm. and learning from those from those people, I think that's what we're trying to do here is bring to the table different ideas and conceptions of these important topics to really make sure that we are getting a full picture of the work that's being done. This is a great project. I'll, I'll give you one more example if we have time. Yes. Uh, so... One of the other things that I've been thinking about is the uh, 
the way in which funding in the state of Vermont flows to public schools and now possibly to private religious schools. So uh, the, the Supreme Court a couple of years ago um, voted on a case five to four in, about Montana's funding that said that they couldn't discriminate based on um they couldn't discriminate a, a tax break if a person went, went to a, a religious school. Uh, so everybody got the tax break. But Vermont's funding's a little bit differently because we tuition students. So if you live in North Hero, for example, you don't have a high school and you um, you tuition and you can make a choice about where to go. Um, and so the flow of that money now has never been questioned because you just couldn't send that money to a religious school and now it's been opened up. And so some of those, you know, what what are we going to do as a as a state about that about our about our shared resources? Are we going to allow it to go to uh, a school that, for example, says you um, you must be, uh, be recognized by your biological um, sex, and there are some schools like that, right? I mean, so we have we have some choices to think about in terms of diversity and equity inclusion as a, as a as a state as it relates to schools. So that's another one to think about, and that's a, that's coming up. We're going to be deciding about that over these next year. And that particular example is a great example of sort of the onion that can be diversity and the different layers yeah. to, to pull back. So religious diversity, um, gender diversity, diversity of um, identification personally, it's there's a yeah. lot there. Uh, I mean, I'll just tell you, my view is that <laughs> you should not be able to receive public dollars and discriminate uh, based on one's uh, gender identification, for example. Um, well, we have that on the record, so. Good, there you go. <laughs> so thank you, John. So are there any other closing thoughts that you'd like to leave us with before we wrap up for today? No, you know, uh, we have a lot of work uh, to do. Um, I think Champlain's a, a good place to do that work. I agree. Thanks for this project. Thank you. Yeah. Inclusive diversity is important to groups, organizations, schools, and societies. We as people have the power to transform as individuals and as a global community for the betterment of our society. In order to harness this power, it is important that we recognize that equity and inclusion are the keys to creating opportunity and meaning in our lives. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Diversifying Diversity. Stay tuned this season as we share full interviews and collectively learn about the important work our guests are doing in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion.